अथ दिषिमसर्ग दुक्रुद्धया राजोकया श्रावित पुषं वाक्यं चिंतया सुखिता चिंतवा स चंद्रपो मोह व्याकुलिंद्रिय अथ दीर्घेण कालेन संज्ञापरतप सज्ञापलभ्यव दीर्घमुष्णसन् कौसल्यां पार्श्व दृष्ट्वा ततिंतागमत तिंतमन प्रत्यभात्म दुष्कृत यदनेूर्वम्ञाछब्देधिना अमनास्तेन शोकन रामशोकन च प्रभु द्वाभ्याम महाराजशोकाभ्यामते दह्यमस्तु शोकाभ्यां कौसल्याह दुखि वेपमंजलि प्रसादाथमुख प्रसादेवां कौसल्यचि मयांजलि वत्सलाचाशंसा चिंत्यम परेशी भर्ता तो खलु नारीणा गुणवान्गुणोपी वर्म विमृशम प्रत्यक्ष देवी दैवत सामपरा निष्टोकपरावरा नारहसे विप्रिय वक्त दुखिता सुदुखिम तद्वाक्यम करुणम राज्ञ्वा दीन से भाषित कौसल्याथुच्वाष्पम प्रणाली वनवोदक सामूर्धिबद्वादती राज्ञ पद्मिवांजलि संभ्रमादब्रवीत्रस्ताक्षर वच प्रसीद शिसाचे भूमो निपतिस्मते याचितास्मि हता देवक्षतव्याहिवया नैषा हिशास्त्री भवती श्लाघनीयेनधीमता उभयोर्लोकोर्लोके पत्या संप्रसाद्यमी धर्म धर्म जाने सत्यवादिन पुत्रशोका मैया किमी भाषित शोकानाशयते धैर्य शोको नाशयते श्रुत शोको नाशयते सर्व नास्तिशोकसमोरीपु शक्यतोढ़ प्रहारो रिपुहस्त सोढ़ुमापतिशोकसुसूक्ष्मी न शक्य मनवासा राम से पंचरात्रोत्रगण्य यशोक हर्षा पंचवर्षोपमो मि चिंतमनायाशोको यृदि वर्धते नदीनामिव वेगेन समुद्र सलिल महत कथयस्तु कौसल्याशुभम वच मंदरश्मिभूत्सूर्यो रजनीचाभ्यवर्तता अथ प्रह्लाक्यर्देव्या कौसल्यया नृप शोकन चक्रांतो निद्रायाशमेवान्याशेमद्राणे वाकीये आदि काव्ये अयोध्याकांडेषितमसर्ग Ayodhya Kanda Canto 62 When reproached in harsh words by Kausalya though already feeling disconsolate through separation from his sons and daughter-in-law 
Dasharatha falls into a swoon, recalling his past sin in the form of killing a hermit boy, which was responsible for his present misfortune. On waking from his swoon, he tries with folded hands to conciliate Kausalya and on the latter reciprocating his sentiments, the emperor is lulled into a nap. Told harsh words as aforesaid by the angry Kausalya, Sri Rama's mother, who was full of grief, the king, for his part, felt distressed and fell a-brooding. Having reflected a while, the aforesaid monarch found his senses confused due to a spell of unconsciousness. And it was after a long time that the emperor, who was noted for subduing his enemies, regained consciousness. Again, heaving a doleful sigh, immediately on regaining consciousness, he relapsed into brooding on seeing Kausalya by his side. Even as he reflected, the sinful deed that had been unwittingly perpetrated by him in the past, while hitting a mark, screened from sight with the help of sound alone, flashed on his mind. The mighty emperor felt disconcerted through remorse, caused by the thought of that sinful deed as well as through grief born of separation from Sri Rama and was tormented with a dual grief. Folding his hands in order to propitiate Kausalya, the king, who was being consumed by the twofold grief and was feeling afflicted thereby, spoke trembling to Kausalya as follows, his face hanging downward. I seek your favour, O Kausalya. Here is my supplication to you with folded hands. In fact, you are ever full of affection, even to your enemies, and tender-hearted. The husband, for his part, be he full of virtues or even lacking in them, is indeed a visible deity to ladies knowing what is right, O godly lady. Though afflicted, you, who are not only conversant with the principles of righteousness of every kind, but also ever devoted to righteousness and have seen both good and evil fortune in the world, ought not to have told me unpalatable things, greatly afflicted as I am. Hearing that piteous appeal uttered by the wretched king, Kausalya shed tears even as a drain allows rainwater to flow through it. Interlocking on her own head the king's palms, joined in the form of a lotus, Kausalya, who felt dismayed with the thought of having wronged her husband, spoke weeping in hurried tones through confusion as follows. Be gracious to me, I entreat you with bowed head and lie prostrate at your feet. Since I have been entreated by you, my superior, which is a matter for shame to me, I am ruined. In any case, I do not deserve to be pardoned by you and court punishment at your hands for the wrong done by me to you. Surely she is not a woman of noble descent who is earnestly propitiated by her wise husband, who is praiseworthy, adorable for her in both the worlds. I know my duty towards you, O knower of what is right, and also know you to be veracious. Something unseemly was, however, uttered by me, stricken as I was with grief caused by separation from my son. Grief eradicates patience. Grief effaces learning. Grief destroys all. There is no enemy like grief. A blow that has descended from the hands of an enemy can be sustained. 
Grief, however, that has appeared all of a sudden cannot be endured, even though it is very minute. The period of five nights that has elapsed since Rama left for sojourning in the forest is reckoned as equal in length to five years at this moment by me, whose joy has been marred by grief. Even as I think of Rama, this grief, born of separation from him, abiding in my breast, grows in intensity, in the same way as the water of an ocean swells with the rapid inflow of rivers. While Kausalya was speaking conciliatory words as aforesaid, the sun's rays became faint and the night prevailed. Cheered by Queen Kausalya in so many words and overpowered by grief, the king forthwith fell into the grip of slumber. Thus ends Canto 62 in the Ayodhya Kanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a rishi and the oldest epic.